We live in a time where the church is dominated by false teaching, the blending of truth and error. But now, there's finally someone who's taking a stand. This is the Gatekeepers Radio Show, hosted by Jeff the GK. Welcome to the Gatekeepers Radio Show. This is episode three, which means we've now had three half-hour weekly episodes together. So that's pretty cool. Uh, today we're going to be dealing with kind of an interesting topic. Uh, it's going to be more uncomfortable for me because of who is involved with this kind of conversation. Uh, as I've explained to you in the past, I grew up at Grace Community Church and I'm going to be correcting some of the Grace to You and Grace Community Church staff, elders, attendees, that sort of thing. That's not an easy thing for me to do. I don't like doing this. But it's necessary because of what is going on within the church. Because of the civil war that has erupted within the church over interfaith dialogues, and the confusion coming out of Grace to You and Grace Community Church. And that is very, very disappointing, but it's also very, very important to correct. And so today, we're going to be dealing with the confusion that's been coming out of Grace to You and Grace Community Church and why I believe that it's way past time for Pastor John MacArthur to clarify his position, not only on interfaith dialogue, but on what is necessary to be preached for the gospel to be considered proclaimed. So I'm going to be dealing with those two things today. Now I wanted to, again, reiterate, I grew up, I was born into Grace Community Church. My family attended there when I was a young child, and then when we moved away, we always found a church pastored by somebody from Master Seminary. I grew up reading Pastor John MacArthur's books. I grew up listening to Grace to You, watching the television show uh, when I was in college, and then in ministry, I was attending the Shepherds Conference. In fact, Phil Johnson, who's going to be the topic of today's discussion, was always my favorite pastor there. He was always my favorite speaker at Shepherd's Conference. I can still vividly remember his sermon on the sissification of the church, which, interestingly, Brandon was just talking about on his radio show, how the feminization of the church. But I specifically remember Phil Johnson giving one of the most powerful sermons that I've heard on how the church has been sissifying the men and the pastors, and focusing more on felt needs instead of theological issues. Now, like I said, Grace Community Church and Grace to You and I go way back. I've always been a big supporter of them. In fact, and here, here's kind of a funny story. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, probably nine, ten years old, we were back visiting Grace Community Church, and my uh, parents ran into some old friends right in front of the Grace Community Church bookstore. And so if any of you guys have been to Grace, 
you know that as you come out of the church, down towards where the seminary building is, out towards the parking lot, there's a slight decline or incline, depending on which way you are heading, away from the church, down to the bookstore, out to the parking lot. Now, being a nine-year-old kid, I thought it was a brilliant idea to give my six-year-old brother a piggyback ride right outside the Grace Bookstore. So I've got my little brother, I'm holding, I'm holding his legs with my arms, whatever it is, and for some reason, randomly, my foot hit the crack in the cement, and I went tumbling. And because it was a decline and I was heading down, I fell even further, which means that I fell even faster, and my, I had no arms to brace myself, and my little brother was on my back. I went down face first, broke my teeth, snapped them right in half, right outside the Grace Community Church bookstore. Like I said, I have many memories there. But to be honest, despite breaking my teeth in half at Grace Church, I have many, many fond memories. In fact, as I've said before, John MacArthur has, has helped to frame my theology. Almost every single theological position that I have, I learned from Pastor John MacArthur and then following that up with studying God's word. There's a few minor instances where I disagree with him, but for the most part, I do agree with him theologically, which again is making the topic of today's discussion even that more, much more difficult. Now, dealing with this whole interfaith dialogue situation, What's been very interesting is that Phil Johnson has created a lot more confusion than clarification. The same with some of the staff members of Grace to You. And it's been interesting to see this progression because from what I understand and from what I've seen, it's not like Phil Johnson and James White are best friends. It's not like they speak together every weekend. I know that Phil Johnson has spoken positively about James White in the past, but it doesn't seem as if they're best buds that Phil needs to jump in and defend him. And in fact, it hasn't even appeared that Phil Johnson interjecting himself into the conversation has been an attempt to defend James White, which is very interesting. So then the question begs, why? Did Phil Johnson jump into this conversation? He has stated it's because he felt that Brandon Howes was misusing John MacArthur's sermon to say that James White's interfaith dialogue was unbiblical. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that statement, but that would explain why Phil felt the need to jump in. But what's interesting is that Phil didn't jump in and clarify John MacArthur's position. He did not jump in and say, well, you know what, actually, when Pastor MacArthur was giving the sermon on 2 Corinthians 6, uh, Brannon misinterpreted what he said. I don't remember hearing that at all. I don't remember hearing a clarification of, well, actually, Brandon, this aspect of what you're saying is wrong, so, so your use of Pastor MacArthur's sermon on 2 Corinthians 6, it doesn't apply to this specific situation. 
I could have understood that. That would make sense. However, there have been many statements from Phil that has created a lot of confusion. And so I wanted to read to you some of these statements because I don't want to be putting words in his mouth. I don't want to slander him. I don't want to misspeak about what he's saying. I don't want to input my own theory onto his reasoning and what he really means behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. I want you to hear what Pastor Phil Johnson himself has written. So I took some excerpts, not taking things out of context, but I'm not going to read the entire multiple pages of stuff here on the air. But I want you to hear some of his own words because I want you to understand there has been confusion about what is biblical when it comes to this interfaith dialogue situation. On his website, which I believe is romans45.org, you can go there, you can find, he's written two posts about responses to Brannon, and he said this, It has been a long-standing policy of mine that I don't do formal debates with heretics and skeptics. I also would not participate in a public-friendly dialogue with any gospel-denying religious leader. I don't want to give equal time to false teachers or provide a platform that a purveyor of a false religion might use with the aim of proselytizing if there's a risk I might not be able to answer definitively in the moment or that people might be confused by it. So that's his policy. He's not saying here that it's not biblical. He's not saying that he disagrees with that position. He's saying it's my policy. That's totally fine. I want his words to speak because I want you to understand this is what he's saying. He goes on. With regards to dialogues and all candor, I'm not really a fan of the softer, gentler style that dominates the typical, friendly public confab between spokespersons for diverse religions. A friendly parlay sacrifices the stark clarity you get in a vigorous debate. So, again, we're dealing with tactics. We're dealing with what is the best way to evangelize? Is it going to be through a dialogue or debate? He would say a debate, not a dialogue. Totally fine. I get that. Totally fine. Now comes the confusion. As I said in an answer to a question raised elsewhere, we would not sanction a public dialogue with a Muslim imam or any other person with an agenda to teach false religion at Grace Community Church but neither are we sympathetic to the lynch mob mentality that seems determined to use a disagreement such as this to discredit years of faithful ministry to Dr. White. Now, I wanted to take a short moment to respond to that accusation. There have been a handful of people who have used this to try to discredit James White's entire ministry. Off the top of my head, I could probably name them on less than one hand. But I can tell you that the people who have been most vocal about this situation, both on radio shows, on television shows, as well as on social media, they haven't been calling James White a heretic. They haven't been trying to discredit his entire ministry. And I can speak for myself. I have never once tried to discredit James White's ministry because of his interfaith dialogue. Now, I'm going to be upfront and honest. I haven't read his books I haven't watched all 160-some-odd debates that he's had with Muslims. 
or I believe with non-Christian leaders, I, I believe you said it has, it's been about 50 with Muslims, last I checked on the dividing line. But I have many mutual friends with James White. I also have family members who love to read his books, have, have very high respect for him. Many of the pastors that I trained with in college and I studied under in college are personal friends of James White. I'm not trying to discredit his ministry. He has a good ministry of explaining what false religions believe. That is totally fine. He's dedicated his more recent ministry to understanding the Islamic faith for the purpose and goal to evangelize to them. That is great. I commend that. But I'm not saying that James White is a heretic. I'm not saying that he needs to be lynched. I'm not saying that his ministry needs to be put out of business because he had an interfaith dialogue. So I reject that statement. But this is the statement that's put out by both Phil Johnson, Grace Community Church, and Grace to You. Almost verbatim. But here's the thing. It's not happening. Not happening for me. Not happening for Brandon. I know some of the other most vocal people. It's not happening. They're not calling him a heretic. They're not saying that he needs to step down from ministry and is disqualified for being an elder and apologist and all that kind of stuff. Now, back to what Phil wrote. This is, after all, a disagreement about strategy, not a dispute over the content of the gospel. Interesting. Because what has ended up happening with this conversation about the gospel being proclaimed during the interfaith dialogue is whether or not it was actually proclaimed. Now, many of James White's defenders have been very vocal in stating that Mr. White proclaimed the gospel clearly. Now, I have been asking for weeks, maybe even months, but I know for sure weeks, for somebody, anybody, to provide one single instance during that two-night interfaith dialogue where James White proclaimed the gospel clearly. Now, throughout this discussion on Twitter, it's created even more confusion because now the conversation turns to what is the gospel. Now, one of the common themes that keeps coming up is the fact that James White did not proclaim the entire gospel. And so then that comes down to what is required to be proclaimed. And this is where the confusion has begun. It seems that there is a divide on whether repentance needs to be proclaimed during a gospel presentation. Now included in that are some grace to you staff members who defended James White leaving out repentance because, hey, Paul did it. Jesus didn't do it every single time that, uh, that he presented the gospel. Is that for sure? I, I certainly remember many, 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 many times where Jesus preached repentance. And here's the other side of it that we need to remember as we're studying the Bible. The Bible and the gospels are not a complete summary, or let me rephrase that, it's not a complete list of every single word that Jesus and the apostles preached. It's a summary. It highlights the important key points 
from each sermon conversation that they had. And there's different points in the Gospels where two different Gospels highlight two different points about the same situation. And you're like, well, this Gospel says this, this Gospel says that, which is true. They're both true because they're each highlighting specific points. But one thing that I do know is that repeatedly the command is to repent and believe, not just believe. So then we're dealing with, is repentance a part of the gospel? And does somebody have to repent to become a Christian? I would argue yes. Now you now there can be a debate. Is repentance coming after you become a Christian? And, or is it before? I don't know. All I know is that you have to repent to be saved. That is very clear in God's word. And Pastor John MacArthur has stated that in the past. So here's the deal. I believe that it's high time for Pastor MacArthur to step in and clarify his position. Now here's the thing. Pastor MacArthur has preached against interfaith dialogues before in his book, um, what was the name of the book? Uh, the Jesus You Can't Ignore. In that book, he talks about how Christian pastors should not participate in interfaith dialogues. And I've highlighted that on social media. Now, one of the staff members, Mr. Fred Butler on Twitter, has stated this. And this is very interesting. The Master's College did an atheist dialogue once. Obviously, we, meaning Grace to You, Grace Community Church, are not against them. Wait, did not Phil just say that we would never sanction that at Grace Community Church? But then Fred Butler states, obviously we're not against them. And then, another point of confusion, I had stated that I believe that Phil Johnson had said that they were unbiblical, and I misspoke. Phil corrected me, and he said, also, I never said that I believe what Dr. White did was unbiblical. That's your word. I said I'm not a proponent of that approach. And then he goes on to say that not only is it not unbiblical, but he goes on to say that Jesus himself participated in interfaith dialogues. He, he writes on Twitter, Have you not read most of the rebukes he delivered to erroneous ways and teachings took place in interfaith dialogues? And he's talking about Jesus here. He was talking to devoted Pharisees, i.e. false teachers, which at that time the Jewish faith was the true faith. So that wouldn't be an interfaith dialogue. But yeah, but we'll just gloss right over that. And then he said he conversed with Samaritans too. And then, and then he said, we didn't even get to the question of what James White did. I was simply trying to point out that Jesus conversed publicly with false teachers and pagans. And then he goes on. I'm not an advocate of ecumenical dialogue, but interfaith dialogue of some kind is mandated by the second great commandment. 
not to mention the Good Samaritan parable and the example of Jesus' dealings with unbelievers ranging from Pharisees to pagan Gentiles. That's his defense of James White. Jesus did it, so why can't James White? Well, let me just say this. If Jesus participated in interfaith dialogues, why doesn't Grace Community Church? Oh, wait, Fred said that they don't have a problem, but Grace Community Church says that there's a problem, and Phil Johnson says that they would never sanction it, but Fred Butler says that they have no problem with it. Do not see the confusion. And then, to throw even more confusion, Mr. Gabriel Powell, who I believe is the Internet Ministry Coordinator for Grace to You, he and I had a nice little conversation. We went back and forth quite a bit, um, but it wasn't contentious or anything like that for the most part. It was just going back and forth discussing the issues. He said, James White did not do an IFD as they are known. And further, neither... Justin Peters, nor Grace to You, has affirmed what James White did. Yet, Phil Johnson has sure been defending him and went so far in his defense to say that Jesus himself participated in interfaith dialogues. Do you not see the confusion? Do you not see the need for John MacArthur to clarify his position? So, today, right now, I am calling for Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church, Grace to you, the president of Master Seminary and College, to clarify his position on interfaith dialogues, what is biblical and what is not. I would also like him to clarify what is required to be in a gospel proclamation in order for it to be considered a gospel proclamation. Is repentance required for salvation? And must it be preached? I hope he will do this. I hope he will listen. I hope that he will clear things up because there is definitely a lot of Pastor John MacArthur followers on social media that are full on supporting James White and now in full support of interfaith dialogue and defending him not preaching repentance, let alone not even preaching a coherent gospel. So, I'm calling on John MacArthur to clarify. I hope that he will. I truly hope that he will. So I'm going to leave you with that. Stay in God's word. Just keep praying for these leaders. Keep praying that God will do something to, to resolve this situation and provide clarity. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See you then. Gatekeepers Radio Show, hosted by Jeff the GK. For more information, please visit gatekeepersonline.com and follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff the GK.